It's hard to feel free when the world is crashing down around us and we're shut up in our homes practicing social distancing. But you don't have to feel trapped. You can write your way to freedom. Welcome to the Right Away Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to our February 2021 book club. And this month we are reading... I Give You My Body, How I Write Sex Scenes by Diana Gabaldon. With me, I have Janet Kiddo, J.P. Reinflesch, and Marion Hansen. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hello. Hello! Hello! So this book is a very, very short book, and I'd say a good portion of it is just a dump of... What is the word? Slang? For parts... <laughs> A good part of it is examples from Gabaldon's books, mostly from her Outlander series, and the rest is her explanation around those examples. So, hot take, folks. What did you think of the book? Can I just say that some of this terminology should never be used ever? <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to say your favorite terrible one? <laughs> oh, give me one second. yogurt gun what is that who would use that never use that (laughs) i i definitely think that part of the purpose of the list was just to be like ridiculous and hey here are words you could use not necessarily that you should use (laughs) correct i i did find it quite enjoyable to read through them all the little teenager inside me definitely found it hilarious Janet I think you said at one point that that was where you fell asleep I did there is quite a long list of male genitalia yeah I read it out loud while I was getting my nails done and it made the salon a much more interesting place how did you explain that I just said, they said, well, what are you up to? And I said, oh, I'm reading this book for a book club by Diana Gabaldon. And I'm like, have you ever seen the Outlander series? And I just kind of went from there. It's amazing how you can bring up some of these subjects in just a conversation while getting your cuticles removed. (laughs) I think it's it's less just you and the general you and more Marianne, how Marianne <laughs> can bring these conversations up. The part that I loved is that one of them is a fire truck. And here in Helena, sometimes the counties will sell their fire trucks. And so you'll just see, like on the side of the freeway, a fire truck, and it will just say for sale. And so part of me will never look at fire trucks the same ever again. Well, the irony of it is that like three years ago, one was for sale a week before my anniversary. And I had posted, hey, somebody tell my husband that this is, I want a fire truck for my anniversary. And then I read this and I just think, crud, I wish I could pull that, that post back up. So other than copious amounts of slang, what was the most useful thing you found in this book? I really liked the focal length conversation. I think that that's super applicable to not just sex scenes, but action scenes where 
start broad in the room and you describe or, or just interact with things in the broader sense. And then as it becomes more intimate, the descriptions and the, the focal point of the story kind of zooms in. Uh, and that's very accurate to not just sex scenes, but, you know, high anxiety scenes or just action scenes do that as well. I mean, when you talk about like crime, for example, a lot of people don't remember the, the perpetrator's face because they're focused on the weapon same concept. So it was a uh, nice reading that for sex scenes because I can definitely apply that to almost any writing. Yeah, no, that's very true that she makes a point of how those scenes can feel very claustrophobic if you keep them that close. So uh, that was a point I like too. I like what she says about not being too literal about what the character sees, that we can just let the reader fill in the experience. Is that it's about the exchange of emotions, not bodily fluids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that that is probably the element that I took away most, especially the first time I read it, as someone who does write explicit scenes, that really helped me understand the purpose of these scenes in the book, rather than just pure titillation. And later on, she does also mention that the level of explicitness depends on your genre which I was very happy with because most people don't recognize that unless they're actually writing romance. And earlier on, she made a blanket statement about it not all be needing to be explicit, but some genres do need to be explicit because that's what the readers are expecting. But for me, writing just slots and parts fitting together rather boring and I could be writing about a Nintendo game as much as two humans if I don't lean on the the emotions. Yeah and I don't write sex scenes in my books. I haven't written them. There's the talk that goes on. That's another thing that she talked about. Good characters talk in bed and I feel like I'm writing about that moment just before and then the reader can go wherever they want to go with it. So This was a really interesting read because I don't write sex scenes to go through the long list of all of the terminology that I can use. And I loved her examples. Yeah. It was a lot to get through to read all of the examples, but well worth it. Marianne? Yeah, I thought it was interesting the, how she, you know, she talked about you you need to have the five senses going. And then, I mean, her number one thing was you only write to what you feel comfortable in. And I think sometimes if you're looking at like market and what sells and things, I could see that line kind of being blurred. I don't see myself writing explicit sex scenes because I write mysteries and the murders aren't explicit. And I feel like in a way I would need to balance those out and I could be very very wrong with that but if I'm slapstick about the murder I don't see myself going too explicit with the sex and so I just liked how it talked about how the characters work and and just how it what fits for your book you need to think about it before you take that first step absolutely honestly one of the things that frustrates me the most about the genre I'm in is the expectation that there will be explicit sex scenes. It's very difficult for closed doors books to succeed. And it's not that they can't, but it's very difficult. And it is very important 
if you want to write some kind of romance or intimacy, regardless of whether you are straight on romance or fantasy, science fiction, mystery, figuring out one, the genre that fits with your comfort level. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that you guys disagreed with in the book? So they have a lot of examples. They do have some non-straight examples. I just don't know if it was, I think felt like it was written from a straight perspective trying to apply what homosexual relationship looked like. I don't know. It didn't seem accurate, but I did like that at the end, she did talk about how you can apply this to not just like heterosexual relationships. And to Janet's point, like sex scenes aren't about the physical attributes of sex or about the emotion. And so I think that's highly applicable. So even though I didn't necessarily agree with the example, I think that the, the, the quote-unquote teaching throughout the rest of the book was, was well over that example. Yeah, one of the constant conversations, going a little sidetrack here, but again, talking about genre, one of the constant conversations in gay romance, LGBT romance, particularly in male-male uh, romance, it is mostly written by AFAB, assigned female at birth people. I think that's mostly because it is mostly assigned female at birth people who write romance period, no matter who the characters are. But one of the conversations that is constantly going on is that gay romance is often written from a straight perspective, either because the person writing it is straight, or even if they are assigned female at birth, writing gay romance, but maybe non-binary, they have grown up in a heteronormative world where heteronormative stories are the norm and they're not, either they haven't experienced non-heteronormative relationships themselves or they're just inundated with the other stories and so they're kind of regurgitating what -hmm. they've read. And that's something that will change in time as there are more non-heteronormative stories out there so that people who are reading and writing have more experiences to draw from than just their own or the constant male-female toxic structures that have been so common. Yeah, that's so I've been contemplating whether or not having a sex scene in the fantasy that I'm writing. And this book actually made me lean more towards doing it because of the fact that it's more focused on the emotion side of it. And I think that doing that and at least providing hopefully representation that I would like to see on the page. I'm just hoping that, yeah, I can provide that as a output. I like that because she says good characters talk. I like that she covers the purposes of dialogue. Like she talks about the dialogue, revealing the character, revealing the relationships, just so that focus is not, this isn't a book just about how the pieces go together. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I did put this book on our list is, yes, it's labeled explicitly how I write sex scenes, but there's so many other little pieces of just how I write that Gabaldon shares in this tiny little book. Well, and also how it reveals character because I love Janet Ivanovich and I don't remember what book it was in or anything, but in her Stephanie Plum books, she kind of has a love triangle with Stephanie Plum. 
But in one of them, she doesn't really explain, she doesn't go into graphic detail, but she says that they have sex in the front driver's seat of a Maserati or some car that is just really small. And the guy, Ranger, says, I don't think this is pot. Like, I love to accommodate, but I don't think it's possible. And Stephanie Plum just looks at him and says, oh, I think I can get this done. And it kind of shows how whatever situation she's in, <laughs> whether it be in the front seat of a car, you know, she's like, no, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. It may not be pretty because during the whole thing, her butt is like honking the horn, but, <laughs> but using that as a conjugation now, the scene just says so much about Stephanie Plum as a character. And so as I was reading this book, I just thought about that one scene because it's always stuck out to me how much it said about Stephanie rather than even their relationship. It was just more the fact that she'd been challenged. She'd accepted the challenge and she was going to meet the task at hand. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds a good way of phrasing it. Diane's like, how do I not turn this into a double, triple and quadruple entendre? <laughs> Well, I was just going to go back to like my background reading this book in some ways, though, just kind of cracked me up because I wrote, I read all the Sweet Valley High books and I was just this like cute little innocent 12 year old who went into a Walden books and decided that I was going to read a real and true live romance. And I found Anne's House of Dreams about when Anne of Green Gables gets married and I thought well this will be a true romance with all the scenes because it's married people and it was uh, <laughs> it was far from that and then from there I went on to Jane Austen and so it's just kind of funny to me reading this now looking at you know how I was trying so hard to find quote-unquote romance novels and read Anne of Green Gables instead. Mm-hmm. And I almost think that like the book, even though it just says how I write sex scenes, I almost want to argue it's like, how do I write sex scenes and sexually charged scenes? I think that we, like, there are definitely examples in there where there is no sex that's happening in it. It's more about the dialogue that's happening. And I feel like we would be able to use that to get our characters into these intimate settings. And it almost peels back a ton of layers to make it more accessible to what that core character is to lay out on the page. And that's why I want to explore these scenes. But I feel like it can be applicable to almost any genre because especially the portions where she doesn't have explicit sex, we could use that in almost any writing. There should be, there could be a very flippant comment with the, the train whistle. I also thought... Part of me wished, though, that I could get a version of this book or she had a version of this book at the end where it it was just without any of the examples and just what she says about writing, because sometimes the examples, because I didn't know the plot, confused me. I mean, I knew what was going on, but but it would have been more helpful had I read all of her books, I think. And so I, part of me wishes that there could have been just at the end, because even now flipping through to, to try and find the parts that I really enjoyed, I, there's so much of the snippets that it, it takes a while to find her teaching writing rather than the snippets of her book. I agree. And if you 
are someone who is currently reading Outlander, there will be massive spoilers just as a warning for anyone who did decide to pick this book up. Does she say that at the beginning or just that she uses a lot of her own quotes? I don't know if she said anything about spoilers. She does say she uses a lot of her own quotes. Yeah, I'm not sure where she tells you which books these are coming out of, but I don't think she tells you until at the end of the scene. Well, and they're not in order either. I don't think. I, well, I can't no. say, but so yeah. And she's written so many that I do know her true fans. I'm pretty sure know the order and everything about all of the plots, but. Is there anything else that stood out that anyone wants to bring up before we close out? I thought that it was really, I thought it also applies to friendships in your books though, to think about how they communicate with each other and how they express their emotions. Like, I think it works with any relationships, not just sexual ones, but showing through conversation, the kind of relationship that your characters have with each other. I thought this was a really good book to point that out. Yeah, I would say that between this book and parts of Techniques of the Selling Writer, those two have helped me write emotion more than any other. And I've read a lot of craft books. This is a good book to discuss with other people. Like, it's not necessarily a book that we all want to talk about on a podcast and have our opinions out there for forever. But I think it is a book that you want to pick up and you want to discuss with someone else who's read it. Well, I'm okay with everyone knowing that I'm a huge Anne of Green Gables fan. I'll put that. (laughs) Sweet Valley High part. Best couple. All right, friends, we will be back next month with You're Gonna Need a Bigger Story. And it is a big book. And that episode will go live on the 18th, unless you are one of our paid Substats subscribers, in which case you will get access to it in every other episode two days early along with our weekly email that goes to everyone with our extra thoughts on the previous week's episode updates on our plans and what we're doing and our special tarot episodes thanks everybody for joining me and i will see you next month bye I don't know if I'll ever get sick of killing people Everybody off. Everybody froze. You froze too. Oh, there you're unfrozen. Okay. No, wait, Dang. let's go back to what Marianne said. She's never going to get tired of killing people. <laughs> no, because <laughs> don't you think, like every Fair. day, don't you miss somebody? Miss somebody, but I don't know. There's just a lot of don't people. you just want to kill them and stick them in your pocket? <laughs> I've got a murder, got a murder in my pocket. <laughs> 